Hi, I'm Jason Marchek. And I've been sitting around social distancing and, and pondering life's mysteries, and, and I've arrived at the conclusion that I do think 5G is going to change the world. I'm Sean Kinney, and welcome to Will 5G Change the World, the weekly podcast where we engage with a wide variety of industry experts to answer this important question. But first, in an effort to get to know our guests a little bit better, we have a recurring segment where I pose three questions from the Proust questionnaire. So Jason, are you ready? I'm ready. Yeah, far away. All right. Question number one, when and where were you happiest? When and where? You know, I, I, I think the days I was happiest were, you know, I, I think it's obvious when your kids are born, those are big days. Um, a time period, I would say, I, I lived in an apartment on South Congress Avenue in Austin um, for about a year where I was, you know, right behind the Continental Club across the street from, from Joe's Coffee. If, if, you know, if those are familiar with Austin, it's kind of the, the place to be. And it was before Austin blew up into this you know, what we kind of know today. So I, I really got a bath in, in South Austin culture. Um, and um, yeah, that was, so I think that was a fun year. Well, I'm going to immediately sidetrack us. Um, did you prefer the Continental Club downstairs or upstairs? And what memorable acts did you see? So when I lived there, the Continental Club was only just the downstairs. Um, they didn't have the upstairs yet. And um the guy, I saw Gary Clark Jr. there when he was about 16, you know, just some high school kid that, that you know, was the people were talking about in Austin. Um, and he played a set. He opened up for these old guys called the Blue Specialists, who then were probably, you know, 60-some years old. Um, but you could tell, man, when Gary Clark hit the stage, he was, he was something special. I've had a lot of good times in the Continental Club myself, but back to the Proust questionnaire. Question number two, which living person do you most admire? Uh, I think, you know, I, I think Barack Obama is probably the most admirable living person. Um, so I'll, I'll probably go with him, but one of my personal heroes is, is Willie, Willie Nelson. Um, I think he just, the, his perseverance and you know the the stuff that he's dealt with and he's kind of maintained that that personality that he has and he's he's kind of ahead of his time you know all the stuff that we're talking about now with you know micro food chains and and kind of living in the moment and, and being present and and all that all that stuff that's really popular now i mean willie was doing that stuff 20 30 years ago um so i think the way he's persevered and and kind of done things his own way is is something I really admire. Final question, Jason, what is your current state of mind? Uh, well, since it's, you know, we're in the middle of the COVID-19 thing, I think it's, uh, it's a little bit anxious, um, unsettled, you know, um, but I'm, I guess I'm trying to use the time to, to practice all those things, the mindfulness, the, the living in the present, right? There's, there's, I think a lot of us, I know I want answers as to like, when, when am I going to be able to go to the bar? When am I going to be able to go to the baseball games? When can I travel to a concert or a conference? Um, but I don't think those answers have revealed themselves yet, you know? And so I think that the, I'm, I'm trying to use this time to, 
to understand and embrace the ambiguity and know that the answers aren't there yet and, and you gotta you kind of have to accept and, and live within that right now. All right. Well, off the top there, Jason, you said you've been given the question, will 5G change the world? A lot of thought lately and that you've arrived mm -hmm. at the conclusion that it will. Uh, before we dive into let, let's set a baseline here. Uh, maybe you can tell our audience what your area of focus with Gartner is and, uh, you know, obviously how that relates to the conversation around 5G. Sure. Yeah. So I work for a part of Gartner that's called the Research Board. So we're a little bit of a, a boutique within um, the Gartner that most people know um, and interact with. So our our clients or constituents, if you will, are CIOs of the, the global 250, global 300 scale companies um, and their direct reports. So the board um, that I lead, the peer group that I lead is uh, the strategic sourcing board. So our members and the, and the folks that we write research for are the procurement heads of of these, you know, global 300 scale companies. Um, and so, you know, we do a lot of research and then we bring them together as a peer community and we discuss the research and, and things of that nature. And one of the, so there's a couple things that, that have me thinking about 5G. One's very tactical and one kind of deals with the situation we're in now with COVID. And, and you know, we, we're doing a lot of talking about what's the new normal going to look like after everybody comes back to work or gets the all clear to come back to work. Um, you know, I think that the distributed workforce is, is something that's not going to just go, we're not going to snap back to life as, as it was. I mean, I, I think eventually we'll get there, but um, there's going to be a protracted period of readjustment. And I think that the, the network becomes really the key enabler of, of all that and, and what it's going to turn out to be. So I think um, that is really, I think the thing that, that had me land on, yeah, this is, this is going to change the world sooner rather than later. Um, and then the, the, from the sourcing perspective, I think just the impact that, that 5G is going to have on commercial arrangements, software usage, infrastructure as a service, if we start to think about smart factories and all the things that go into that, um, the software usage patterns are going to change dramatically. And I, the folks that I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis are, are starting to become acutely aware of, of the impact that, that sensors and, and, and robots and, and all of that on a massive scale, the implications that that's going to have on, on how they have to structure their software agreements and licensing arrangements and, and infrastructure as a service agreements is they're going to have a profound impact on the way that, that companies have to do business. Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting kind of topic that, that doesn't get a lot of attention. So uh, let me try to frame that, and I'm going to use a ton of corporate buzzwords here in very rapid succession. So we've got a lot of big distributed enterprises that see 5G and IoT as strategic parts of their digital transformation journeys, whatever that might specifically entail. But outside of the technology piece, you've got a lot of other pieces that need to be organized within that enterprise to effectively use that investment in 5G and IoT. One of those is workforce. You hear terms like OTIT convergence. That's part of it. And then the angle you're talking about here, this isn't something we hear a ton about, but procurement to do all this, to put these IoT devices into your factory or your mine or whatever, it's a lot of work that you have to source these devices, you have to ensure the security of the supply chain that results in the thing arriving to you, 
And then you made the point about software and uh, the, the licensure component. So maybe just help us understand how some of your constituents are thinking about 5G, IoT, uh, in some of these silos I mentioned, what do they think of it technologically? What do they think of it in terms of, wow, what is this going to mean for my business over the next five years if we decide to go all in here? What do I need to do to actually make highest and best use of this? Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, I, I mean, they obviously have to procure all the sensors and, and things, the technology that you mentioned. Um, and that's a, that's a consideration. That's a big deal. You know, most TTO organizations, infrastructure and operations organizations, they have their innovation budgets. And, and so they, they, that's, I think, how they're working through that. But on the software front, that's a, a massive consideration for any, any, any enterprise, especially when you're talking about kind of the, you know, the $10 billion and above scale companies. And so, you know, they're, they're constantly, as, as they're moving to SaaS models, and we're talking about, you know, the Oracles of the world, Microsoft's of the world, right? They're pushing all these companies into um, hosted models because it, it really helps their business models. And what's happening is, you know, even without IoT and, and, and whenever you're just having humans consume software entitlements, the ability of an organization to keep up with who's using the software and if they're using it on-prem or in the cloud or if instances and workloads are going from on-prem to the cloud and back in certain cases, that, that all consumes a software entitlement, right? And so their ability to keep up with that and to keep track of that is outpaced by the software suppliers that just have really real-time analytics that, that are able to, to report on that. And so you, you hear a lot of software audits, right, in the corporate world. Well, now software is not necessarily, software companies aren't auditing companies in the traditional sense that they used to. They're just sending them a bill because the, the, the usage occurs and, and they can document it. And so companies get a bill and they have to pay this. And a lot of times there's, there's bill shock, right? They're, they're not aware how many licenses are being consumed when. They're not necessarily aware of all the adjacent costs, like the infrastructure as a service, all the compute and storage resources that are being used as these software titles are, are being moved into the cloud and, and delivered via the cloud. And so that's a, that's a, a big problem. And to take that into the, the 5G and the IoT world, what happens when digital factories emerge, when you know, now IoT is done on a limited basis, as you know, and, and you can do just about everything on a small scale with 4G, 5G is where it, where it becomes um, done at a, a, an industrial scale. And what we've been telling our, our members is that when, when this happens, software publishers, the oracles of the world, they're going to start, they're going to start counting sensors and bots and, and other inanimate objects as, as users very, very soon. Um, and, and when I brought this up with a member, he's like, I just went through a big negotiation with one of my big five strategic suppliers. And that was, that was actually the biggest, negotiating point the biggest net new negotiating point that we had to deal with was now they want to start charging us for our you know for our sensors and, and things in the smart factories we're trying to build and that had huge cost implications so i think that it's going to be a, a substantial issue for not only for the technologists but also for the people that are responsible for for running the business in a, in a you know in a fiscally realistic way to, to have to overcome 
Jason, you said there that uh, a lot of IoT implementations can be supported by LTE today uh, and that the 5G comes into play when you reach this industrial scale uh, and your your needs change. You know, I mean, precision robotics to do that at a, a very reliable, secure way, it just LTE is not going to cut it. It just can't. It's It's mm-hmm. a physics problem. But I am curious, you know, when you think about this procurement angle and how it intersects with this technology angle. I mean, is there, is it reasonable to think that there would be some very hard consideration of whether the investment in jumping to 5G is worth everything else that comes with it? Is the return there when you project the costs down the line into the future? I, I absolutely think that in the near term, that's going to be an impediment, right? You're going to have technologists, you know, looking to sourcing departments, sourcing um, and procurement organizations that aren't necessarily technologists. And, you know, their world is negotiating with suppliers. So it's it's going to be less about, you know, buying this technology and and, and all of the the benefits that, that, that it can bring along with it, it's going to be a dollars and cents type of thing. And do we have, you know, do we have room in the budget to fund this? Um, because, you know, corporations, companies are always looking to to optimize in, in, in all their vectors, their budget vectors, right? And so I think it's going to be a definite conversation and a contentious conversation. Now, I think it adds digital transformation, which is still not ubiquitous in, in large companies, let alone medium-sized companies. As that takes root, um, I think that it's, it's just going to be kind of the, the requirements of, of keeping pace that are, that are going to force those decisions and ultimately, ultimately make it happen. But I do think, yeah, in the near term, there is going to be um, business discussions that are being had that... Um, that, that are completely, you know, in some ways independent of, of the technology discussions. So when I think about this question, will 5G change the world? You know, I agree with you. It's a, it's an absolute yes. But I guess what I do struggle with is how will I know? How will I know when it's happened? Because, you know, the, the impactful thing to me is digital transformation of industries. And I think the long-term change comes from, automation, which has a fundamental shift in productivity and has all of these long-term implications for socioeconomics. But when you, you know, look at it every day, it's very hard to see what the big picture is. So at what point do you think we can sit back and point to an example and say, you know, this has happened. The world has changed because X vertical has totally flipped their ability to produce and they're doing it in a totally new way that's cheaper, that's more sustainable, that's more effective and so forth. What, what do you look for? Well, what I would look, I mean, I, so I think that the answer in some ways is we're not, there's not going to be a D mark where we just point to 5G change the world. You know, I think 5G is, a, is the enabler that is going to make all of the things that you just described happen. Right. And so there will be a continuum. I think with respect to automation, one of the things that I look at 
are the idea of automation still is very rooted in manual tasks, very simple manual tasks being done by a very simple piece of software or, or some kind of a bot, right? I think that when you start to, to see automation, you kind of that end-to-end -end automation that, that we hear a lot about, um, that, that's not so much about just robots doing boring tasks over and over again, but automating entire work streams, right? And automating all of the, the IT and, and information infrastructure below that. I think when that's commonplace, that's when you can sort of look at it and say, okay, yeah, um, you know, the, the world has changed. That's when, when business will be done truly in a digital fashion as opposed to just in, in little tiny pockets um, that, are, that are kind of available and opportunistic and possible. So when that happens, you know, that's, that's a good question. Um, certainly this decade, um, I think, is, is probably the best answer that I can, that I can give, you know, that, that I'd feel comfortable, comfortable with. Um, but I think it, it will be a continuum um, through over the next several years. And um, in some ways, it's accelerated by the current situation and in some ways held back by it, probably. Well, Jason, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. Tell us about the work you're doing with Gartner and uh, answer the question, will 5G change the world? My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hope I get to come on for, you know, for the next 10 years. <laughs>